Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee. I got my handy dandy little puppy one this morning. And sit back. Let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above. And for today, not not just today, but it's Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. But also for Saturday and Sunday. And technically speaking, this is one of the quieter weekends we've had in a while. But it's also one that's taking us deep into the void, into the quiet, and into uh, a, a gut check, if you will, a gut check because the solar plexus is highlighted for the weekend and will be uh, tempted to be very emotional. And that can lead us into sort of that victim-y, uh, martyrdom sort of energy. Uh, but we are meant to be very spiritual this weekend. So it, it's a good weekend for contemplation. It's a good weekend to be spiritual, to do some meditation or some work on yourself. So welcome everybody who's showing up. I see Christine out there. Good morning, Tom. Hello. He's up and Adam early and JLo always with us. Susie, good to see you. It is a good day. I'm so excited because I had this surgery yesterday on my ear. And by the time I got home last night, it was really kind of achy. And I thought, yeah, not sure how that's going to play out tomorrow. And uh, wondered how I was going to be able to sleep. And then I said, you know what, who's in control of this? You are. So I put the intention out there that this was going with ease and grace and I was going to be able to sleep and I was going to wake up refreshed and I was going to be in fine shape. And indeed I am. So here I am ready to uh, talk to you all about astrology and so forth this morning. So hopefully you all are having a good day. We have the moon today in the sign of Pisces. So it becomes a very Piscean weekend as the moon is in Pisces for most of the weekend. But we also go into this weekend uh, today, actually, with the sun in a trine to Neptune, one of the co-rulers of the sign of Pisces, and also residing in Pisces. So there we have sort of a trifecta of a spiritual energy that is available for us this weekend. And then we also have just a couple little crazy transits. We always do, right? There's always something that's going to balance out. So everything can't always be just like smoothly flowing. We've got to have some little scritchiness. And the little scritchiness things are like this. Mercury opposing Uranus. Our lower mind or our thinking mind in opposition to our higher mind. So being asked to elevate our thinking, right? Our processing of information to that of the level of spirit or in a sense, letting ourselves be free of the lower limited thinking of the mind. And then we also have Mars in a quincunx with the planet Chiron or with the planetoid Chiron. So we have some wounding issues here that we might have in the background. A quincunx, is, is, you know, is also called an inconjunct. And by the way, these are words that talk about the relationship between the planets. So a trine, think of a trine as smoothly flowing energy. When you think of an opposition, think of two opposite energies, both vying for expression. When you think of a an inconjunct or a quincunx, you think of, I don't get you, like, burr, 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 
we cannot understand one another. And so some of the more negative aspects of both of the planets involved come up to the surface. So we have some of that, a little of the uh, mind uh, shakeup, and then also a lot of energy devoted to uh, surrendering to our higher selves. So I see more of you popping in here this morning. Good morning, Amanda and Pauline. Oh my goodness, it's been a while since we've seen you. It's good to have you with us this morning. JLo says, a little dissonance to learn how to feel into things. Absolutely. That's a great way to, to put it, JLo. Natasha, good morning to you. Susie Gemini says, hello to Pauline. I didn't know you two knew each other, but that's awesome. Hello, hello. And Marissa Bennett, you must be new, but welcome. It's good to have you with us as well this morning and anybody else who's listening in there behind the scenes. Um, so let's break down Piscean energy so that we have a good basis for understanding what the weekend is like. And then I'm going to transition you over into a bit of astro design, looking at what does the Piscean moon this weekend bring us? What's it lighting up in our human design charts? And what does that mean from the gene keys? And then I also want to talk about the sun and the earth by reading you one of our soul stories from the Wisdom Keepers Inner Guidebook written by Susie, Susie, uh, Rosie Aronson called The 64 Faces of Awakening. It is a deck of cards used for contemplation, but also deeper awareness and knowing as uh, every one of the stories in here also has questions for contemplation. So since it's a great weekend for contemplation, it's a great weekend to start off with the stories that might trigger some of the questions that you need to be asking of yourselves. So I love it. Uh, which sign is ruled by Mercury, Pauline asks, and Mercury rules both Virgo and Gemini. Uranus, on the other hand, rules Aquarius energy. It's the modern ruler of Aquarius energy. And Saturn is also a ruler of Aquarius. So it, we kind of see sometimes the, the um, irritation between Uranus's forward thinking, moving ahead energy and Saturn's more traditional conservative approach. That kind of describes the world we're in right now. We have this faction of people and souls on the planet that are ready for us to move ahead. And then we have this other faction, the older faction, the more traditional conservative faction, uh, wanting things to stay the same, or even in some cases, wanting to go backwards to the good old days. So we have to, in our world at the moment, find a way to bring them both together and to be able to take the best of the past and ma marry that, if you will, to the best of what's possible now and move on into the future or bring it into the now so that we're set up for the future. So it is an interesting time that we live in, to be sure. And it is also apparent in some of the transits that we see that we're being asked to elevate. So we're elevating. And, and that's what I want you guys to think of. And, you know, we've been together doing this for, I don't know how many years now, guys, four, three, I don't know. Goodness gracious. I have no idea. Maybe five years, <laughs> uh, seven seasons, um, because I'm into the seventh season of my uh, podcasting on blog talk. So I'm guessing we've been together for a long time. And we've talked about these transits in a way that was educational, right? So that you could understand what they mean in the basics of their meaning. And some of you are new and maybe not yet quite up to speed with that. And here we are then 
with the understanding of these planets and these transits and human design and what that means. And now we're being asked to elevate that. So in a, in a sense, it's like taking the uh, human design and the astrology and moving it into more of the gift and the Cidic frequencies through the gene keys. So I was thinking about this this morning as I was putting everything together for the day and uh, wanting to still work with that shadow energy. I think it's useful for us to understand that we're living on a planet who is shielded, if you will, or in some way um, surrounded by this frequency of fear and the shadows because of, of the humans on the planet. It's not that the earth herself is filled with fear or that the earth herself is a victim or a martyr in any sense of the word, or that because you came here, you have to tap into that. Rather, it is the interaction of all of the souls on the planet that are holding her into this shadow energy. I hope that makes sense. So it is in the very fabric of our DNA to be in fear or to have that fear energy. Its purpose through the course of time has been to help us to survive. But a few years back, you might remember when the Mayan calendar ended, that was in 2012, um, those little puppet strings were cut. So we were no longer being held to the energy of, of survival, right? We'd come through all of the different expressions of fear and of uh, martyrdom and of shadows. We, we've become familiar with them all. There isn't anything right now that we had to learn further about fear. So in, in an essence, it was like being, you know, 18 years old suddenly and having your, your freedom. And now we all are free in terms of our souls in terms of our evolution of consciousness here to be able to go out and become co-creative. And if we're co-creating still from the fear field, then you can see that that is not going to lead us to a prosperous future or to a, a more balanced future. But if we can move through first by recognizing when fear is playing its part in our lives and anything, we can elevate ourselves, we can move ahead to the head of the class, right? We can become really good students of how do I move through that shadow and move into the gift or move into the Cidic energies. That's where we want to spend 80 to 90% of our time. But right now, I think we're still kind of slanted into the fear field on the planet. But know this, the choice is yours, right? The choice is now yours. You do not have to succumb to the fear. You are able to choose. And I think that's the part that we sometimes forget that in any moment, in any situation, with any person or anything that's happening in the bigger, wider world or in your own personal inner world, you have the opportunity to choose. And your choice is how am I going to show up in this, right? Am I going to choose fear and or am I going to choose love, right? Those are the big energies that we're going to choose from. So when we get to a time like this, where we begin to see the moon lighting up the gates in our human design that are on the solar plexus, because she is moving through the signs, the sign of Pisces, then we have this opportunity to again, look at our emotional field, our emotional bodies, our emotional reactions versus our emotional responses. We're after response, right? Because response gives us that moment 
the breath, right? To choose how it is that we're going to show up in this moment. So if you're in an argument, let's say with someone and it's getting heated, it's getting heated, right? And our usual, maybe our usual way is to become defensive, right? That's part of the victim-y energy on the planet to become defensive or we become passive aggressive in some way. And that's kind of triggered this weekend too, but that's, we'll talk a little more about that in a minute. And the choice, if you breathe first before you have a tirade come out of your mouth or before you turn and march out the door is to breathe and have a, 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 a response, kind of a, a different solution to what might be a defensive posture that you're taking in response, in, in reaction to somebody or to something. So if we choose from love, love is always going to choose the higher road. Right, love is going to choose the th the way or the thing that is going to create more peace, or to uh, be able to smooth things over, or at the very least to be able to not let it uh, become a conflagration. Right, so we don't have to allow a, a confrontation type thing or a conflict to become a conflagration. So when we have a weekend like this, we get to practice this. We get to practice the next level in our evolution of consciousness here on the planet. It's extraordinary, right? It's an extraordinary opportunity that we have to be able to elevate ourselves. So I hope that's helpful for everybody to understand a little bit of how we can elevate. We elevate by stopping the reaction and waiting for a breath, a moment, and then responding to whatever it is that's shown up in our worlds. Um, okay, so I see Kamal out there. Good morning to you. And uh, let's see, if you guys have any questions today, um, Kamal asks to please pull up his chart. He's going through some hard days. And if we get a chance to do that, Kamal, absolutely. That's a great way for us to spend our time. Would you let me know in the comments whether you want your astrology or your human design? And I'm, I'm not sure if I have both, but let me know which one you want to take a look at. And let's carry on, shall we? Let's talk more about Pisces. So today the moon is in Pisces and she is moving through two different gates in our human design, two awesome gates in our human design, if I do say so myself. One is the gate 55, the dragonfly, right? Who moves up from one phase and changes into another phase. It is a transformational energy. The transformation potential here is to move us out of that victim martyr and into the energy of freedom. When we look at the 55 in the gene keys, it is only victimization and freedom. Those are the only two energies. So when we get to the gift level, it's freedom. And when we get to the city, it's freedom. So what we see in this gene key with the moon moving through here is that when we are elevating ourselves, when we are in response rather than My cat's outside having to fight. Ay, ay, ay. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I'm assuming they're going to work it out. Let's send peace to the cats outside my window. I'm sure one of them is probably mine. Wow, 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 wow. I'm, I'm gonna pause this for one second. I'll be right back.
back. Sorry about that. <laughs> Always happens, right? That something is going to interrupt my show and it's usually the cats. And it was indeed Binksy and Dude. And uh, yeah, but they're both okay. The problem is that we've had some raccoons around here lately and uh, I needed to make sure it wasn't one of them that she was fighting with or someone else was fighting with. I think she's okay. She was probably hiding at the moment. I couldn't find where she is, but she'll sneak in probably. You'll see her jump up behind me probably. Um, anyway, so I, I apologize for that. Let's go back to what we were talking about, and that is the moon in Pisces, giving us this opportunity to surrender to the higher power and to move ourselves out of that victim energy. And when we look at that in the gene keys this weekend, we see the 55, one of my favorite ones, all about freedom. And from that freedom, the next gate the moon moves into affords us peace, right? Peace. It's the planet of, I mean, it's the gate 37, again, on the solar plexus. So we're talking about the emotional center. And the energy of the 37 brings us into peace within our communities, right? How can we have peace in our relationships? And how do we bring more love to our relationships? And, you know, this is kind of an aside to that, but that particular gate is part of a channel that is going to be changing as we move further ahead into our solar plexus evolution. And the solar plexus is, is evolving so that we become more emotionally intelligent, right? More able to use our emotions to calibrate with our heart, right? To calibrate. The calibration meaning that our emotions tell us when we're out of sync with something in our lives, when we are not quite aligned with love, right? So the opportunity is for us to align more and more with love. So the uh, 37 can also then start a new process for us of agreements between people where we can agree on how it is that we're going to align with one another. So the, the nature of the 37 and where it will join with the 40 is going to take us into the new contracts and agreements that we make with one another on the planet. So that can be between us as individuals. It can be between us and companies or governments, and it makes it more, um, able for us to have win-win uh, agreements, right? Win-win bargains, win-win contracts. And that is something that will, you know, keep happening over time. It's moving us forward bit by bit. But we also have a choice in all of this. So each one of us has the opportunity in any given moment. And that's why I talk about this a lot so that you understand that it's your reactions. It's your, your ability to respond versus reaction that gives us this new pathway and cements the new way of being more and more. So those are the two gates that we have today. And in a minute, I'll bring up the graphic to show it to you in the human design. And we'll talk about the rest of the weekend in terms of the moon. But let's finish talking right now about Pisces and what else we can uh, expect. So when we're looking at Piscean energy, we have the, the traditional ruling planet of Jupiter. I, I always seem to forget that because I always think if I think Pisces, I think Neptune, that's the more modern ruler of the sign. But, you know, years behind us when we didn't have, we didn't know there was a planet Neptune out there. It was Jupiter, one of the visible planets that we could connect to the sign of Pisces. So what we have 
in the weekend is an expansion of our imagination and our creative energy. So if we can sort of funnel or channel some of our emotional energy into the creative process, which by the way, the solar plexus, besides being about emotions, is about creativity. It is about using the energy of emotion to create, right? To create. So the creative energies that we have access to this weekend are expanded, right? Expanded by Jupiter being one of the rulers here and by Neptune's ability to help us to see things that we can't normally see or to see things with our third eyes, if you will, our third eyes rather than our, our eye eyes, our, our uh, organ eyes. And then there's also a very sensitive component here. So here's where we start to get into the emotional uh, energy of Pisces, where we really have this super sensitivity. We might be very sensitive to tone, like what does somebody can tell us something and it's the tone in their voice. It's the delivery of the message that really is what we react to. It isn't that they're telling us that something is wrong or that um, you know they're experiencing something with us. It's the tone of the delivery. So how they deliver that message is the thing that creates our reactions, our potential reactions. So if we don't react to the tone, then we can respond. But also if you're the one that is in the driver's seat, if you will, and, and talking to someone maybe about something important, watch your tone, right? Watch how you deliver it because other people are going to be sensitive. And as well, this is a sign that brings us into compassion and brings us the emotional feel goods, but it can also bring us the emotional overreaction. So we want to be in the middle somewhere if we can, or moving ourselves to that more compassionate side of things. And that's compassion, not only to your fellow human beings or to your family or your friends, but also to yourself, right? That teaches us about being compassionate to oneself. Now, the other energies here are about forgiveness, releasing, surrendering, trusting, and with the 55 involved this uh, today, we have faith as another energy that is potential here. And the faith that we have is about the benevolent um, universe, right? The, the benevolent nature of the universe and in our own um, abilities to go through anything, right? And to be able to respond to anything and not always be caught up in reactionary energies. So Christine, tone and energy behind the words make a difference. Indeed, that is the big part, right? Susie, love that. Yes, I know even texts fall flat because there is no tone. Um, and J-Lo says, um, the female I have was rescued. Oh, are we talking about my cats? Oh, this is, yeah, there. I don't know where she is now, but she's out there somewhere. Um, exactly, Susie. I use emojis all the time because sometimes you are saying something and it just sounds like there's no no emotion there. That is the problem with text messaging, even emails in some respects, you know, there are words on a page and it says the message, but it's flat in its tone. And that means it leaves it open to the other person to decide what was the tone that this was delivered with. And you know how we are sometimes we're, we're thinking that they mean one thing and, and the other person's thinking something else. They didn't deliver it with the tone that you read it with. And that's because there isn't any way so we have to be careful in our tone. And I use emojis too, Susie, to be able to 
to tell people, look, this is coming from a heart space because that's when I'm using the heart or I love you or uh, happy face, right? This is a joke or something to that effect. So um, that's, that's very true. Um, so with Piscean energy, we are also more psychically attuned. So remember now we had this discussion last week, or maybe it was on Monday about Saturn moving into the gate 19 in human design. And it's the gate of super sensitivity. It's the gate of having needs and desires and wanting connection, right? So Saturn, the sort of taskmaster duty master planet is kind of taking us into this territory of becoming more emotionally aware, right? Of ourselves and factoring ourselves in and our needs and our wants and um, our need to belong, right? To feel a part of. And now, boom, the moon is moving into here where we're also very sensitive or psychically attuned with what other people need or with what's going on with someone. So tap into your intuition or be become more, make it more user-friendly, right? That you are using your intuition, your inner guidance more frequently. The moon giving us that access uh, to that, as well as Neptune in Pisces. And later in this transit, of course, the moon is going to conjunct Pisces, or I mean, conjunct Neptune in Pisces. So we're going to have um, some of, of that overlapping sensitivity to both emotional energy, but also to the um, unseen realm, to what's being said or what's happening, uh, irrespective of what we see or what we sense with our actual five senses, our physical senses. So I think it's a great time for us to be in that awareness, to be able to maybe stop ourselves, slow things down so that we can tap in before we react or before we even respond to something. All right, helpful, I hope. Let's take a look at the chart. Uh, let me open it up first. And desktop, where did I put that this morning? Downloads, probably. Ah, there it is. Uh, and I'll share my screen with everybody and we'll be able to see this. Now, this is where you can follow along with your own human design chart, if you happen to have it. And I'm going to make this just a bit bigger. So hopefully you're all being able to see this. So I want us to get used to this, this kind of graphic, because this is what, when my book comes out next month, this is, or the first chapter of it anyway, or you can buy the first six months of it. Um, this is what you're going to see in the book <clears throat> so that you can see both the astrology and you can see the human design. And because you know the human design, then you can also equate that to the gene keys, right? Because if the sun, which is right now sitting at the gate 43, we could say the sun is sitting at the gene key 43. Those words are interchangeable. The gene keys just takes it deeper, right? Takes it, elevates it through a hologram or a holographic image so we can see the levels so we can see the shadow, the gift, or the Siddhi frequency, the higher the frequencies, uh, or the see the higher frequency, the higher potential in the aspect of that particular gate or that particular gene key. But that gene key is also part of a sign. It's part of the sign of Scorpio, which you see on the outer ring here. So we're always oriented. It's funny because the, um, the uh, human design uh, a body, body graph here is oriented to the very end of Sagittarius and not Aries. 
right? It does put Aries, if you look at this as an astrology chart, what we'll see is that the rising sign, the, uh, the sign on the Eastern horizon or the first Zodiac sign is Aries. So it puts it over here where it would be on the natural wheel of the Zodiac and then moves all the way around the chart back through to Pisces. So it aligns the gates with the astrology chart in the natural Zodiac wheel. So that would mean Scorpio, which is typically the eighth house rulership is sitting here, but the head center, the tip top of the head center where the tip of the uh, receiving antenna is for humanity is sitting right between the gate of self-love and the gate of ideas or inspiration. And in Sagittarius, right, the latter degrees of Sagittarius, where the galactic center is. I can't make this up. That just occurred to me this morning, by the way. So here we have um, a, a sort of uh, proof that we as human beings are receiving energy, cosmic energy, through our head centers, through the gates of self-love and the gate of ideas or inspiration. And it brings it all in and then it begins to move downward through our human design. But that same energy that moves downward through the human design also moves outward and from the root center and back up into the body. So it begins a process of moving energy all the way around us. And it becomes a, a shape that we can sometimes, uh, that you hear a Taurus, T-O-R-U-S. So it's almost like these energies are constantly moving, coming in from on high, moving down through the root, back out from the earth and the root center into the body, but also ability to move from that root center back up to the head center and back in. It's kind of extraordinary when you think about how that energy moves through us. So what we see this week, this weekend, and actually through the early part of next week is the sun sitting in the gate 43, the gate of breakthrough, also sometimes called the gate of insight, and the earth sitting at the 23 on the throat center, which is the gate of simplicity. And we're going to read the stories of these. And I did talk about these two gates on Monday a bit, um, but we're going to take the, them a little deeper through the wisdom stories. But what I want you to really look at is the moon and where is she? Look at the emotional center. The solar plexus is lit up for the next three days, today, Saturday, and Sunday, by the solar plexus energies with only two little forays into other centers, one being the uh, gate 63 up in the head center and the gate uh, the gate 25 on the identity center. So the moon, and this, this isn't the only place the moon has been, it's just where she is today, starting with faith and abundance at the gate 55 right here. And the 55 is gonna meet up with any energies that you might have at the gate 39. So the emotional energy finds its home, if you will, in provocation. And provocation is the gate 39. So here's provocation, but over here is faith, abundance, and prosperity. And what we see is that provocation has a purpose and it's to realign us with our spiritual higher selves right? So some of you who have a planet sitting at gate 39, but not at gate 55, will experience the fullness of this emotional energy this today, because of the moon's placement at the gate over here. And you might have more of an emotional uh, provoked feeling for the day. Others of you who have the whole channel defined by birth, I do, 
are already tapping into that emotional energy and the energy of spirit and how to elevate our emotions to calibrate with our hearts. And some of you who don't have either uh, energies now have a hanging gate 55, which means that you may be sensing this energy today, but not necessarily through other people, but as a process of working through faith and uh, trust and surrender within yourself, aligning yourself with the highest and best. And I, I want you to understand that this higher spirit energy that comes through 55 isn't based on what you do. This is, if it was, it would be over here on the, um, uh, sacral center. So abundance and our connection to spirit does not lie on the sacral and who, what you're doing. And uh, it's not even based on who you are so much as how your emotional energy aligns with your heart, which comes up into this direction, which is for those of you who've had a reading with me or, or have worked through the mystical circuit in your uh, in coaching with me, if this is the energy that leads us to re be able to recalibrate with what our original heart was all about, which was about love, right? Self-love, love of humanity, uh, love of spirit, love of being in this physical body, the vessel that you are. Uh, so it's an interesting time. It's just interesting, interesting. So we have the faith and abundance gate today and the peace gate, which is 37. 37 leads us to, again, the heart centers. Um, leading us to calibrate through our agreements that we make with our communities, uh, making us work together or helping us to see that we can in peace work together rather than in um, polarization, tear, each, tear us apart. So we have the ability, the propensity to see things through the lens of peace. What if we could create more through peace? Now, as we move into tomorrow, the moon will be moving through the gate of doubt. That's up here on the head center, the gate 63. One of the reasons why we do not make decisions from the head centers uh, in our, our human design or why we see that our authority in making decisions lies below the throat center in our human design body graphs is because we have doubt in the head. We have awe and wonder or psychosis in the head. And in the head, we also have confusion. So those are not places or energies where you want to make decisions from. The gift in the 63 here is to be able to see your own truth, right? To The doubt isn't meant to be aimed at yourself or doubting your own heart or doubting your own wisdom. That will be the result often of a transit through this gate. We come into it with the fear field, like we doubt ourselves, but it's the ability to be discerning in listening to what other people are saying. Like for you, you are, are all sitting out there listening to what I'm saying. And if there's something more that you sense, then you're free and you should have that little bit of doubt so that you will go out and find your own answers, not just trust that I know everything and that I'm telling you everything that is meant for you to learn. So doubt is meant for you to go on and find your own truths, to be discerning, right? That's the gate. The moon will be at tomorrow. And uh, the moon will also move into the gate of grace, popping back down into the solar plexus. Here's the gate 22. The gate 22 is the one of the gates of involution. So when we talk about the moon today at 55, we're talking about the evolution, what's happening in our outer world, 
tomorrow we'll be talking about our involution, what is happening in the inner planes, in our inner world. And so the ability here is to stay graceful, to be in grace, to know that life brings us moods, especially on the emotional center. And this is maybe a weekend of moodiness where we might feel ourselves moving in and out of different energies, different emotional energies. Grace energy helps us to, to be able to stay in a state of, um, of, of grace, right? Of being able to know that if I'm feeling something that maybe I don't necessarily, like if I'm feeling angry or upset, it's probably not the right moment for me to undertake a deep conversation with my significant other kind of thing, right? So wisdom to understand moods and how moods move. When we move into the weekend, uh, Sunday, uh, yeah, Sunday, we uh, move into the gate of humanity, which is the gate 36, also on the emotional center. Now, humanity is a word given by the gene keys. And I used that word because the gate 36 is a gate of exploration in quantum human design. It's a gate of turbulence in the shadow. It's restlessness, boredom in the shadow. Yet what it is is really about the experiences that we have as humans through the emotions. How are we feeling about the things that are going on in our world that move us to take in the experience, to live through the experience, but not label the experience, to think of it as an adventure. The uh, turbulence and chaos that's potential here in this gate is when people dig into the fear of this, right? I'm bored or I'm feeling this restlessness, I don't know what to do. So I'm jumping out of my skin, or I'm, you know, in um, a confrontational mood, and I, you know, create problems. So the 36 brings us some really interesting energies. And it is Neptune that is already sitting here at the gate 36. So we have the moon conjunct uh, Neptune at a gate where we might not understand what we're feeling. And what, what is it that made me feel this, this either excitement, adventurous feeling, or this boredom, restlessness feeling, or this angry, chaotic, turbulent feeling. So making sure, again, with the emotional center and all of this energy on the emotional center, we don't make decisions unless we have clarity over time, right? So this is not a weekend to make snap rush decisions because it's just so much emotional energy out there, we're not clear about what we're really feeling, right? So we have to wait for time, wait for Monday or Tuesday when the energy moves in, wait for uh, late Sunday night or Monday when the moon is moving through Aries and we become more decisive. Uh, the last gate that is actually a bridge between Pisces and Aries energy is the gate of universal love, which is on the gate 25 on the identity center, which is the center for love and direction. So here we let love, we let um, acceptance steer us as opposed to the lower energy here, which is constriction. So it looks like we have, you know, a lot of emotional energy. When we look at it this way, you could really see, you could visualize that, that the emotional energy is what is up for us as we move into the weekend. Now, emotions also are in the positive, right? So we want to maybe experience the more positive, but don't let that keep you from, you know, the contemplation of where is this feeling of dis 
discomfort or ill at ease or uh, restlessness coming from, right? Taking a look deeper. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. She says, I'm feeling something today. I don't know what. I have the gate of provocation trying to feel deeply, right? And it's right this moment that the moon is sitting at the gate 55. So it has made that connection. I don't remember right off the top of my head, Kathleen, if you have 55 defined by anything. But if you do not, then the moon is filling that in. And now that whole channel of emoting is filled in for you. It is a channel that feels emotions deeply, right? So emotional energy. And because sometimes emotional energy comes on us without really understanding, like, where did that come from? Why am I feeling this? Am I sensing it because I have an open emotional center typically and I'm feeling someone else's emotions? Or is my mind moving off into thoughts that are taking me into uh, these feelings? You know, just sitting with that and having compassion, because again, we're in Pisces moon, compassion, self-compassion, so that you're not uh, making yourself wrong or feeling like there's something wrong with you or with someone else in this moment. Kathleen says, I'm taking a retreat this week through Sunday. Seems like good timing. Indeed, it is. Uh, JLo says, I have the design Mercury uh, at 49 where Jupiter is. How long will Jupiter be at that gate? Jupiter is at the 49, I want to say through the rest of the year, but let me check for certainty. Oh, no, 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 no. I lied. I lied. Um, uh, Jupiter's at the 49 until November 24th when she moves into an equally charged gate. He moves into an equally charged gate the gate 30, which is a gate of passion, where we are dealing with our desires, our desire nature, and where we are learning to become more detached from the outcome of the desire. So we can say that we have this desire to grow our business. And this is how I think it's going to go. But I'm going to stay detached or unattached to it being exactly like that. Because the universe source has an easier viewpoint from which things can happen in an easier, quicker, more flow sort of way. So being a little more detached. And then uh, Jupiter's also going to move into the gate 55 on December 30th. That's awesome. So we're going to start the new year with the gate uh, gene with the Jupiter at the gate 55, which means Jupiter's moving out of the sign of Aquarius and into Pisces as we begin the year. So you start to learn how all of these gates and the astrology start to work together. So we're going to have a little bit longer transit of, of Jupiter's growth and expansion and magnanimity at the gate of abundance through spirit and the gate of having faith in the benevolent nature of the universe. So woo, right? Coming up. Uh, December 30th, Susie says, is my son's birthday. And that's awesome, right? He'll begin his year, his his personal new year um, in an expansive state, right? I think that's a cool thing. Um, also, Susie says, I have many oppositions in my chart today with Neptune, but I choose balance and love. This is always the choice. We always get to choose. And that's the part I think that we sometimes forget about, the, the part that says we have the choice right? We get to choose how it is we're going to feel based on our free will, right? We get to choose how we respond, right? Maybe we don't always get to choose how we feel because the feelings sometimes arise from 
things that we, you know, can't even necessarily connect with, but we do get to choose how we're going to respond in the light of those circumstances or in the light of that energy. All right. So I hope that makes sense. Okay. So I want to read these stories quickly so I can get to Kamal's chart. And what did I do with my book? So what I want to do is talk about the story of insight, right? Here's the card. And you'll note with all of these cards in this deck, we have these beautiful pieces of art that are embedded in the, the bigger piece of art. So you have to, you've got the, the face here and you get a feeling about the face and what this person might be expressing. And then you start to look at the symbols, right, that are embedded in his skin, on his neck. And you get, you start to feel like, oh, there's a deeper message here, right? A deeper message. So you can contemplate even just what you're seeing in the face as a part of this experience. Now, the gate 43 is uh, called the gate of insight. It's dark today. I got to get closer to the light so I can see. Um, so every human being is born to be a rebel in the sense of filling a space in the world that cannot be duplicated by another. This is the gate we talked about that I like to think of as your genius, right? Where your brilliance, your personal genius, your personal brilliance is. Even if you do not have this gate defined by birth, it doesn't mean that you don't have brilliance or genius. You have all of the human design. You have all of it. It's just about how it shows up in your life. The gift in this gene key is insight. The shadow is deafness. And the city is epiphany. So here's the wisdom story. I worried a lot as a kid. My mind spun with speculations about the bad things that could happen and how I could avoid them. My more sturdy brothers teased me for being such an emotional wimp. At school, I was called the brain. I felt different and weird and wanted so badly to fit in to feel secure and be successful. Ironically, my ability to anticipate problems made me a great programmer. No one could find and fix bugs like I could. Suddenly, it was cool to be a nerd. <laughs> As a young man, I had wealth and independence. Thrilled I could finally compete with my brothers, I dominated the conversation during family visits, talking endlessly about my successes at work. Deaf to their contributions, I showed off my latest gadgets, gave unasked for technological advice, and blurted out inappropriate comments about how big my abs were after hiring a personal trainer. I was too busy winning their approval to notice what a pain I was or how deeply I envied their relationships. Then I'd go home and pull out my feel-good technology. I'd play video games, watch TV, and surf multiple dating sites at the same time. Obsessed with freeing up my time to be more productive, I learned to operate my stereo, TV, computer, car, solar panels, and sauna all from my phone. But instead of freeing up my time, technology swallowed it whole. The harder I worked to streamline my life, the more complicated it became. I couldn't stop the noise. That's when I had a breakthrough insight. Nothing I did, used, or accumulated would ever make me feel more comfortable in my own skin or like I truly belonged in this world. In one fell swoop, I canceled all of my subscriptions and threw my TV and gadgets in the closet, and I got quiet, really quiet. All I did was listen, at first to the noise in my own head, then to the sounds of my home. Then to the birds in my backyard, slowly I brought back technology. 
first the music, then the podcasts, touching ones with stories about real people who suffered and prevailed. That's when I received the insight that would change the course of my life. I'd create a radio show for and in honor of the people who felt like me. I'd call it the outcast. That was just the beginning. My gift to you. I'm here to invite out the rebel in you, the poet, the lover, the mad scientist, the revolutionary. There is something, oops, I lost my place here. Oh, there is something only you can do, something your entire life has prepared you for. It is time to take a risk, to shake up a system. You may make waves. That's okay. Whatever you do, stop listening to the status quo. This is not about venting or blaming. This is about being creative and being open to love. You don't have to know where exactly you're headed or why in order to trust your inner self or your inner voice. As you courageously forge a new pathway, don't be surprised if your timing gets better and breakthrough insights come your way. Dare to be who you are and you will ignite the creative rebel in others wherever you go. Wow. Here's our questions for contemplation. What are you worried about most these days? Do you obsess over your worries or down drown them out with busyness, outer noise, or your own talking? Do you ever feel misunderstood or like a misfit? How might your need to self-protect be deafening you to others? What might you do differently if you weren't afraid of being different? Have you ever had a deep insight or epiphany? What was it? Track your worry throughout the day. Watch it shapeshift. Cool. Now that is the sun. If you remember the sun uh, in our human design chart right now, it is on the Ajna. And so the reason it's talking about the voice so much is because its connection is down to the throat. It's being uh, expressed. Genius and brilliance is moving out of the head or out of the Ajna and down into the throat center. And it just so happens that right now the sun and the earth are connecting through that channel. So here's where we have our other card, our other energy, simplicity. Let's move over here. Simplicity, which is the gene key 23. And the 23 brings everything down to out of complexity and into simplicity. So let's take a look at that story. If you love simplicity, you will manifest it around you. The gift is simplicity, the shadow complexity, and in the city, I absolutely love this word. It's a great one to think about or to contemplate quintessence, quintessence. Here's the story. My parents were servants of the upper class. To survive, they learned to be invisible and quiet, but not me. My mother said I was born with the urge to speak my mind. It's on the throat center. And nothing made me more uncomfortable than silence. So I made it my business to fill up my mind so I could fill up the holes in the conversation. As a young woman, my mind raced with knowledge, facts, quotes, and theories, and my mouth spouted out complicated explanations for just about everything. I offered the truth wherever I went, and I assumed everyone knew what I meant, like they were inside my head. I had no idea that I often said the wrong thing at the wrong time or that no one felt they could get a straight answer out of me. Until once, a cousin of mine got honest. She said she was tired of being talked at, that what I said was so scattered and fragmented she could barely understand me. She said that my words were actually hurting people. I felt shock and ashamed. But I also woke up and I started listening. 
For the first time in my life, I slowed down enough to hear my parents' story and just how painfully silenced they'd been their whole lives. I also realized that deep down their pain and anger lived in me. All that time I'd been carrying around a fear of being silenced and of being seen as dumb and ignorant. Now, there are few things I love more than silence and simplicity. My home is as uncluttered as my mind. Problems naturally dissolve when I'm around. Things that seem difficult become easy. When I listen, I listen deeply to all of life. I prefer to go days without talking, but when I do use my voice, I wait for the right moment and get to the point and speak from my heart. My gift to you, do you want to be happy? Of course we do, right? I'm here to encourage you to keep it simple and to slow it all down. You don't have to solve every problem. Find the clutter in your mind and environment and then let it all go. Notice how much more relaxed your body becomes when you release yourself from having to figure it all out. I invite you to trust that life has its own way of dissolving knots. Imagine yourself up above your life looking down. How many of the things you fret about truly need fretting? Drop into a deeper stillness. Go for a walk. Smell the flowers. Learn, listen to the breeze. And while you listen, breathe deeply into your belly. And remind yourself that you don't have to have it all sorted out in your head. Try accepting the moment exactly as it is and see what happens. Beneath what you think is what you truly know. Let your knowing, gentle heart lead the way towards luscious simplicity. <laughs> Questions for contemplation. Do you tend to get tongue-tied out of fear, talk too much, or say the wrong things? Have you learned to remain silent even though you have something to say? Do you rarely share what you're truly feeling and thinking? Where are you making your life more complicated than it needs to be? Where is your life calling out for greater simplicity? Pick an area of your life in need of decluttering. <sighs> My desk. Commit to releasing something, a thought, a feeling, an object, a relationship this week. Cool stuff, right? I love these stories. So we have insight and simplicity with the sun. So these are connecting our, our thinking mind to our throat. And then we have all of that emotional energy being popped up through the moon's connections. Do you think we might be speaking from an emotional sense rather than from our real true self? Definitely possible. So awareness, it's all about awareness. All right, good deal. Now, uh, Kamal, are you still out there? And uh, what is it that you would like us to look at? I'm going to go to my horoscope program real quickly and bring up your chart while you, I know you said you were having some difficulties. So I want to explore that a little more. Kamal's last name. It's L. Lodi, maybe. L, L, L. There you were not. Um, okay. Maybe I have you just under K for Kamal. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe this. So Kamal, what other name might you go by? What other name might I have put you under? Because I don't see your chart. In the meantime, while I'm waiting for Kamal to answer, let's pull, let's pull an animal card to guide us along this weekend. Hmm. 
<laughs> I think we might need an angel card too, but I need to. Oh, there you are. Okay, so here's our animal. Remember earlier in the week we drew a card? It was pig. I left her on top because I just thought she was so beautiful. That was for us to get through the week. Now we're going to pull a card for the weekend and see what that means. Uh, okay, well, I think Kamal might not be out there with us anymore. But Kamal, if you are, uh, we're running out of time and I, I do have to leave sort of on time this morning. Um, but maybe you can text me or messenger me and I can help you that way. All right. So our animal guide for the weekend, Buffalo spirit. Ah, it's perfect for today. For sure. The abundant universe will provide Buffalo spirit. She is card number 10, a new beginning, right? A higher level. I love that. I mean, the gate 55, if I had to choose an animal, I would choose, well, the dragonfly, but also abundance, the abundant piece of that, the buffalo, card 10. So, and it was right side up. So let's see what we got. The Oracle's message. Buffalo spirit comes to you now to remind you of the amazing manifesting power of gratitude and the extraordinary potential available to you when you adopt a mindset of abundance. The ancient people of the Americas saw the buffalo as a symbol of abundance because the herds roamed far and wide and provided so many gifts, the meat, the hide, the bones. The tribes who hunted the buffalo used every bit of them, wasting nothing, appreciative of the abundance. So too do you have many gifts available to you. Buffalo spirit appears to let you know that you are in a powerful time to manifest your desires, not by force or pushing, but rather by following a natural path that rises up before you, trusting that there is always plenty to go round. Whether it be love, money, inspiration, or support, it's all there for you to claim. When you are grateful, you immediately align yourself with the truth that the world is rich and teeming with resources. There is always more than enough, and you are always enough. At this time, you can expect all your intentions and needs to come into a form that is right for you. Your heartfelt gratitude is making you a magnet for miracles. Buffalo Spirit's message is to remember that you co-create your reality in partnership with Spirit. So offer up your thanks and your prayers even before you see conditions you desire, not just for yourself, but for others too. Then you will quickly see the results in tangible ways. Gratitude has the magic to grow the good. So offer thanks and praise as you acknowledge all that you have and all that is possible. That is a great card to go into the weekend with, I believe. Buffalo. Okay, and let's pull an angel card. This is from Kyle Gray's deck Whoops, uh, called Angel Guide Cards or the Angel Guide Oracle. We haven't used this one in a while. You know what else I've totally forgot? That I had the I have the Halloween deck of cards. And during Halloween, I didn't use those cards one time. Doggone it. So I might just pop out with the Hawaii, the Halloween deck over the next couple of days, just because. All right. So this is our angel message when it flipped out of vulnerability and freedom. I do believe we heard that word earlier, but vulnerability and freedom. And these cards are not numbered. So we just get these keywords and here's the message. Angels are with you now to boost your confidence 
because they can see how harsh some of the experiences you have endured have been. They want you to know that vulnerability gives you the chance to find a strength that will bring you freedom. To move into that freedom, your angel guide is encouraging you to take some time today to connect with the parts of yourself that you love and admire. Know that your sensitivity is not a curse, but a gift. You are an emotionally connected soul, and although recent waves, or soon-to-be waves, of emotion may have overwhelmed you, those emotions are great reminders of how much you care about living truthfully and in a positive way. So take some time now to value the traits and quirks that made you the unique person you are. That will allow the world to value them too. The extended message. It isn't always easy to put yourself out there, but you are being encouraged to do so now. Drop the shields and barriers that you have put up because these walls are preventing the world from seeing your light. Your angel guide is reminding you that you don't need to protect yourself because God can do that for you. Whenever you feel vulnerable or unsafe, old habits and patterns will want to kick in. But call in the light of God and surrender your need to protect yourself. When you give angels permission to come in and help you, they will. They will guide you toward freedom, joy, and your highest good. Wow. I guess, I mean, these cards come out in, in ways that are just magic to me, right? That they're going to come out and they're going to validate everything that we talked about this morning. I love that. I love that. All right, guys. Um, Tom says, why can't ghosts have babies? I'm assuming there is an answer to that that you're going to give us, Tom. So why can't ghosts have babies? Ursula says, love the buffalo. Christine, I love buffaloes too. They are beautiful creatures. Trisha Anderson Brown, wishing everyone a magical weekend. I love it. Thank you. Same to you, Corey. Morning. I'm late, so going to restart. Happy Friday. Um, and Susie, thank you for what you are doing out there in the world as well. And those birds sound so cute in the background. They're just right outside my window because I have, uh, oh, what's that stuff called? Suet that I hang out there for the birds this time of year. So it draws them. Uh, and by the way, Binksy is okay. She's on my bed, I believe, behind me. So she came in after all. All right, I'm going to leave you guys here. Wait, Tom, I got to check and see if you answered. No. Oh, my gosh. So, Tom, go to the astrology community page. Type that in with the answer so I know, because now I need to know. Wishing you all a happy weekend. Uh, emotional, yes, but that means that we get to feel the feels. Take care. I will see you all on Monday. Thank you so much for being here. Bye for now.